Welcome to Books and Bourbon, where I, Katie, your host, bring you my love of books and bourbon with monthly takes on what to read and why bourbon is more than a great liquor. Welcome back, everybody, to the second episode of Books and Bourbon, the Happy Hour Edition. I have the absolute distinct pleasure to have a guest that I've been super excited to have on. Uh, I followed her on Twitter. She always makes me hungry whenever she's posting about her food. And um, one of my favorite political followers on there, the lovely Renee. Uh, welcome, Renee. Thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. (laughs) So I mentioned your food and one of the reasons um, for our listeners out there, she, I think it was back in May, you mentioned that you were going to start doing a food memoir. And I was like, I want to hear more about this. And um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Like what inspired you and a little bit about it and we'll go from there. Yeah, um, you know, I think that for the last couple of years, um, food has has come to play a really big part, um, kind of in my day to day. I think a lot of people over the pandemic cooked <laughs> more <laughs> than they Very usually so. did. I think folks were like, you know what, I can't really grocery shop the way that I want to, and you know, it's very expensive to order in every day. So um, I think a lot of people got into cooking at home and uh, I've always liked to cook. I've never been that great at it, but, um, you know, kind of with the online community that you and I are affiliated with, we kind of started hosting some potlucks and then, I don't know, I just kind of really, really got into cooking and then presenting food and it just kind of became a way to be creative while kind of locked up at home for a while Um, (laughs) and so I wanted to do this memoir it's really it's short it's going to be like just 10 recipes and and 10 personal stories and I just wanted to do it to kind of chronicle um, you know my life for the last couple of years because I feel like people don't um journal enough anymore Uh, and I also feel like for my community like for black people I don't think that we write our recipes down as much as we should um and that's kind of a big deal for me because you know I think we teach our recipes you know but um like I think a year ago I I reached out to my mom to ask her to send me my Nana's cookbook her mother's cookbook and she had a homemade cookbook and when I got it I was so excited I took a picture of it you know and I posted it on Twitter with like her handwriting which like you know back in the day when they taught cursive it's like everybody could could write like calligraphy right so I I posted a few pictures of those and people were like oh my god my nana had a, a cookbook like that and 
there were so many people who responded and said, I wish I had my great aunt's recipe for this, or I wish I had my, you know, my grandmother's recipe for that. And I can't make it like she did. And, you know, I'm kicking myself. And I just thought like, yeah, we don't do that. You know, part of it is kind of fear that things will be stolen, you know, um, because it's just kind of how things roll. But then another part of it is just how we communicate. Um, a lot of it is still is word of mouth and, and just kind of natural teaching. But I feel like even if, you know, those things are, they're written down and they're just kept within the family, it's like that serves as a, an heirloom and it's like a way to, um, to connect to the memory of someone. So there was really something very special in, in that whole post. And I was like, okay, there's something here. And so I wanted to do kind of this, anyway but this first kind of iteration because I I hope to do a second volume you know that more incorporates family this first volume is just kind of like where I started with my food journey and I don't know I hope that it encourages other people to write memoirs and write you know uh, what why recipes are special to them over the last few years with everything that's happened politically and as, as active as I've become a lot of these recipes connect to me for that reason so when I make them I remember like like a crazy historical event that's happened in our political landscape. It's like, it's so weird, but it's like, Uh, that's what I'm speaking from for the most (laughs) part. (laughs) I love that though. I love that. Do you have a title for it yet? You know, I think, I think I'm just going to settle on food and politics because (laughs) I was going to make it you know, I, I definitely went around the, the, the ring with several, um, several different titles, but why not just make it simple and plain? Cause that's really what it is. And I don't, you know, I've done a lot of research before I even really got into the thick of writing. I did a lot of research just on food memoirs and on kind of what I'm trying, what I'm attempting to do. And there's really not a lot that kind of crosses um, the blend of food yeah. and politics, to be honest. I mean, it's personal stories for sure, but not necessarily food and, and politics. Um, so I feel like it's fine for me to just do it and, and to make it that simple. And if I do it, another volume, it'll be food and family. I mean, I can, I can add, you know, I can, <laughs> I can go <laughs> further, but sometimes I feel like simple is best. So I think that's where I'm going to land with it, you know, cause I just want to, I want people to just take in the recipes, cook the recipes, let me know how they feel you know after they make them and then to absorb kind of the stories that I'm sharing and if they're happy with that then you know I'm happy with that too so 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 you mentioned that you know you said you weren't super into cooking but um did you have a like a love for cooking beforehand like like from cooking with family or yeah so my 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 great grandmother, my who we call Big Nana on my mama's side, she was a pastry chef and she loved to cook. Yeah, she made everything from scratch. Um, I mean, you know, she's a, she was intimidating. In the <laughs> I could imagine. <laughs> yes. And then like my Nana, my mom's mom, she could, you know, she was her daughter, so she could make everything that my big Nana could make. My mom could make everything that both of them could make. Um, and then when she married my dad, like my dad was more used to like my 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 grandmother on my father's side you know instead of making cornbread from scratch she used jiffy you know like it was things like that so my mom had to learn how she cooked 
because that's the way my dad was used to eating. <laughs> so my mom has like this combination, you know, of mm-hmm. making things from scratch and then also using conventional ways to, to cook. And so in the kitchen growing up, we were her sous chefs, you know, like my sister and I, and we had to assist her with everything. And my mother, oh my God, my mother, like (laughs) we would have these big Thanksgiving dinners at our house. Like we'd have 40 people or so over and my mother would go crazy with Thanksgiving. (laughs) It was like a production, you know, we'd be going to the church to like get extra chairs and tables, you know. She'd have poinsettias all over the house and, you know, we'd have to assist her. So, you know, I grew up being her assistant in the kitchen. And so food was never, you know, it was never something that was alien to me. I just, it was such a production at times that like, I just never I wasn't big on cook. I was big on eating. <laughs> like, you know, cooking was like kind of a chore because it was just it was just always a production. And so I never I feel like, you know, and not everybody has this luxury. Cause like even my mom to this day, you know, she's just like, I don't understand why you like cooking so much. Cause my mom grew up like she was one of six kids and mm. there were twins, you know, she had the twins. Uh, where her younger sister says she had to take care of. So for her, she's been cooking out of duty her whole life. And so it's she has a different perspective of it. I'm lucky in where I got older, moved to LA, and I started cooking for myself. And there's something about cooking for yourself that where you have like freedom to be creative, freedom to make mistakes in the kitchen and it's okay. And that makes it seem like I feel like less than a chore than somebody who's feeding the family, you know? And I feel really lucky to have had that because if I didn't have that space, I probably would resent cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I you feel know? you there. <laughs> I guess that was my journey too, very much. So cooking for myself, that's, I fell in love with my dad. He was always the cook. Yeah, my mom, bless her heart. Sorry, mom. You're a great cook now. Um, <laughs> baking was more her forte. She was a phenomenal baker. And partly because, you know, her mom never let anybody in the kitchen except for like me, uh, <laughs> which I saw in her kitchen. It was funny. I remember she moved when I was five. So I didn't have like a lot of memories of her house that my mom had grown up with. But we were visiting that area one time. We were just walking down the street and the person that lived there we just randomly knocked on the door just to see if anybody was there and they recognized my grandma's name. And so they let us into the house and I'm looking at this kitchen. And I was like, grandma, how did you make these amazing meals? Wow. <laughs> it was like two inches wide. It felt like both ways. And, but yeah, it was never passed on to my mom where my mom, you know, she's gotten more into it now that all the kids, the kids are gone and she's turning my dad and she takes over some of them. But there does she who, enjoy? Does she enjoy it? She does now. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah, I always laugh because when my dad would go like hunting or fishing for like a week or something, and it was us at home. Everyone always, you know, has dad that always orders out, and she was the mom that would order out. <laughs> <laughs> she made great soups, though. Great, she was great with the crock pot. Um, great cookies hey that crock pot is a lifesaver baby (laughs) (laughs) but as as they retired that was something that they got into and uh, so yeah it's funny to watch them cook now and she you know she has a beautiful kitchen now that they can both 
safely be in it without arguing with each other, <laughs> getting each other's but way. That's yeah. so nice though, because it's lovely to find that I think after the kids are grown too, yeah. about them, but like <laughs> to just kind of find again, it's that freedom, right? Yep. And yep. just kind of doing something that you know is gonna gonna bring you a certain amount of of enjoyment and pleasure. So um, <laughs> that's cool that after kind of all you know all this time that she's able to find it and enjoy that. I love that. Yeah, me too. Um, are there any chefs that have inspired, motivated you over the years? Um, I mean, they're like the obvious, you know, Childs and, yeah. and uh, you know, Ramses. I, I've watched so many of Ramsey's shows. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. But there are a lot of like, um, there are a lot of chefs, uh, Southern chefs that I've kind of found and, and, and uh, you know, kind of online, uh, whose cuisines I'll, I'll just kind of, you know, I'll watch. There's one woman and I, I'm not going to remember her name right now, but I follow her on IG and Twitter and she, um, she did a master class on, oh. on Southern cooking. Let me try to see if I can find her name <laughs> because she did this master class on, on cooking and, um, mm. man, she made this amazing, um, gumbo, Mm. with uh with sauteed um sauteed uh okra yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I was like I have to um I have to find I have to make this recipe and she made um the recipe itself was you know it was a green gumbo Mm -hmm. um that a lot of people are not um are not kind of on I haven't made yeah. it yet interesting um, but I really want to try it yet and I've kind of been following her um I've been following her a lot oh it's it's Masha Ma Bailey okay Masha Ma Bailey she's really great I mean I've watched her whole series um on Masterclass she's pretty she's pretty freaking awesome um and so there's there are folks like her there are folks you know when I first started cooking YouTube was a huge uh resource for me because visual learning is is a great tool and there's so many chefs on Twitter like if I had started a little hey I don't know how to cook but I'm gonna start doing this channel on YouTube, like five years ago, I probably would be a major success today because so many of those channels, I follow like probably 200 of them. And so many yeah. of them have blossomed, right? Like they're doing so well now. And it's so great to see the transformation and to see them grow as cooks. So I will watch, especially when I prepare for it to make a dish, if it's traditional, I will watch probably 12 to 15 videos on that dish and I'll look up recipes for the dish and I'll kind of like put together a flavor palette in my head and and take from certain recipes I'll add to you know just to build my own flavor and then I'll watch those videos to see like how different chefs are making that same dish and I'll come up with my own process from that but it doesn't matter someone has a million followers or someone has 30 I will watch it just because you're gonna learn from every single person so while I have like my favorite chefs like I will almost watch anyone cook a dish even if they're bad at it and that's (laughs) that's how you know you love something right watch anyone do it like straight up and so like I feel (laughs) I feel as if that's when I really realized that I was 
cooked. I was serious about cooking because yeah. it wasn't just me watching these videos, you know, at four o'clock in the morning when I'm hungry. Like, okay, <laughs> why don't I have steak in my refrigerator right, right. now? Which a lot of people do, but yeah. so like, how are they making this? Okay, let me see how he made it. And then three hours later, it's like, what did I just do with my time? <laughs> you know? Um, so I feel like everyone is is an inspiration, you know, yeah. as corny as that may sound. It's no, true. It is. It is. I had to laugh. I was, it's one of my favorite shows just to have on in the background working from home, even well, even before pandemic was chopped. I guess yeah. I love to watch. And then I realized it became very helpful during the pandemic when random things were out and I couldn't find their random ingredients that <laughs> I was like, well, let's see what I can do with this. And I was like, exactly. that was a show that inspired. <laughs> so I get that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, they're, they are. Those shows are inspiring for yeah. real. And it's like, and with the, with the YouTube channels too, you get to see everybody's little personality. Like, so it's very interesting, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Is there a regional cuisine of yours that's a favorite to cook? Um, well, so I love, I mean, I love making shrimp, uh, anything that's shrimp. Gumbo mm. is like, you know, a go-to, even though I don't make it that often, but there's a lot of great seafood here in California. So um, I do take advantage of that for sure, because um, we can get, you know, seafood at any time, really of the year. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like living in Louisiana, but you know, yeah. we we're pretty, we're pretty good at here. And then of course, like tacos for LA, um, mm. I actually do like I have a, a, one of my chapters is devoted to, um, to Los Angeles. And I kind of talk about how oh. when I first got here, like, <laughs> I made fried rice all the time because it was easy, <laughs> you know, yeah. to make it. I've since kind of gotten a little bougie about my fried rice, but how, like, <laughs> because it was something I made all the time when I first got here, like, it, LA will always remind me of fried rice, which is hilarious, <laughs> because is. it's so Not random. what you would think of. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, gumbo, and then, like, kind of anything, um, anything that has lobster really in it uh, yeah I, I'm a big seafood person um and I really enjoy um I really enjoy kind of finding different ways to use lobster uh, especially with pasta so um that's kind of yeah those have been my best dishes I would say like kind of to date <laughs> I make you hungry <laughs> I mean, yeah. West Coast for the seafood. I, I totally relate to that because I grew up in Oregon and yeah, the salmon, people get salmon around here. I was like, honey, that's not real salmon. That's not <laughs> a salmon you can experiment with in various recipes, which is great, but it's... <laughs> oh. <laughs> you did mention that in your process of writing your own memoir, um, but you read some others. Is there any other food memoirs that you might recommend for people to check out besides yours? Yeah, I mean, I think one that's just obvious is uh, Stanley Tucci's memoir. Mm -hmm. um, it's a really good one. It's uh, one of the few, because there are others, there, there are a few others, um, they're kind of dated, but there are a few others that are great. Um, but his is like, his really is a standard in so many ways. And so, you know, when his show came out, it, it, you know, it, it hit big and that, that was no surprise. There's also, um, and it's not really a memoir, but uh, Maya Angelou has 
Egypt has a couple of, of, of cookbooks, right? And I can't remember because I've read, I've probably read like five of her books. So I can't remember if this was in one of her cookbooks or if it was in just one of her books. Um, and she had a chapter, but I remember, I remember thinking how cool it was that she, she wrote about this because she just, uh, I love her. I mean, she's amazing. Um, but, and I actually got to meet her. I I want to say this book was the heart of a woman, but I could be very wrong with that. (laughs) I read this like probably two decades ago and she actually came for a book signing Uh when I lived in Chicago, uh, at, at borders. I'll never forget it. And she was there and I got to meet her and she signed my book and everything and she was the sweetest like she's the sweetest but there was a chapter where she described making I think banana pudding and she went over to this guy's house that she was dating and she knew that he was cheating on her because he had some really bad banana pudding in his refrigerator and she was just like oh I didn't make this some lady made this and she she described how awful it was and how like poor the consistency was and it was so hilarious and then she broke up with him and then she went home and made like the best banana pudding for herself and her son and talked about how much more amazing it was than the banana pudding that she found at this man's house and I just remember thinking like how cool of a story that was. And so um, when I thought to write this memoir, like that's one of the memories that stuck out to me the most, because like I said, I, I read that book probably like 20 years ago. Yeah. And um, that's kind of what I was going for in a sense, you know, with this is just those kind of personal stories. And I, like I said, I don't, I really can't remember if it was a part of one of her official cookbooks or if she just was like, I'm just going to write a chapter on banana pudding because I'm Maya Angelou and y'all will, y'all will take it and you will love it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of, uh, there's a poet here in Kentucky, uh, Crystal Wilkinson. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. If you've ever read any of her books, I highly recommend them. Um, but she talks a lot about recipes and family and like that in the same way that my Angela did and it's just like yeah how things are related that yeah certain recipes that she thinks of like just like yeah that I just I'll have to look her up for sure because I, I love that I feel like tying a, a story to a recipe um it will always make it relevant for you it does. you know it does. Just like it's tied to a person, you know, it always, yeah. Yeah. She, um, and I'll, and I'll post, I'll share it, uh, to the page, but she did now that we have the video, um, but she did a whole lecture series, like 45 minute lecture series on food and literacy uh, Mm. for us. And it was, I I was just in fascination of awe of listening to her talk about her recipes and how she's related food to reading. And so, Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I should Endless yeah. Possibilities. Yeah. Exactly. There is. Yeah. yeah. Um let's see here. So you mentioned that you do drink a little bit of bourbon or whiskey. Do you cook with it? Any of your recipes? <laughs> you know, I have cooked with I've cooked with bourbon actually. Even though, again, I don't drink bourbon, but I've cooked with bourbon and I've cooked with beer, of course. Yeah. Um 
let me see. Have I ever cooked? Because I mostly drink, you know, when I get into whiskey, I mostly drink scotch. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I won't say that like a little bit of scotch hasn't like found its way, you know, into a recipe <laughs> somehow. But like, you know, because at the end of the day, alcohol is alcohol. It's going to mm-hmm. burn off. And then you're, you're always left with kind of a, a an interesting um, flavor after the yeah. fact. Um, I feel like um, bourbon and food, even in, in some desserts, which is weird, but like it, if you really, it really goes a long way. It like, does. It, it does. Interesting <laughs> how that works. But, you know, um, you know, growing up, we were very religious. And so, you know, my mom was definitely not buying any alcohol and right. putting in food. But <laughs> as I got older, I was just like, I mean, hello. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a whole world out here to explore. Um, so, yeah, I think cooking with with alcohol is um, it's a no brainer. And if you're making pasta, I mean, if people don't drink, I, I respect that, you know, for whatever reason. Right. But right. if you're making pasta, especially man you know you you're missing out if you're not yeah using wine or or if you're braising beef you know uh a red wine is 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 a great go-to and if you're and if you're making any other kind of of meat um even if you're frying foods uh you know there's alcohol is alcohol is a great resource for that it just is and it's not that you're gonna taste it because you're not you're not you're not gonna taste the alcohol but you are gonna you know that flavor is gonna enhance it's just like you know sometimes where I have fried chicken so many different ways you don't even understand (laughs) (laughs) like I have fried chicken and pickle juice buttermilk soy sauce I mean you you I you name it, I have tried it. <laughs> right. um, because I'm always on the lookout for the perfect crisp for my chicken. Um, but even soda, you know, yeah. soda works very well with frying and with like a wet batter. And, ah. you know, so you just have to be very experimental. And I feel like if you're not if you're not looking into alcohol, you know, um, you know, you're, you're, you're yeah. probably missing out. You yeah, know? <laughs> I, yeah, it, it's a good point. So I took a um, uh, tour the other day that did a bourbon culinary um, experience where they paired when they taught us how to pair foods with bourbons and how to cook with it, and what to cook with it, mm. and how certain foods will change the flavors of bourbons. Like I always knew chocolate, like um, yeah, and mellow out a bourbon if it's a little too spicy for uh, people that you know a little taste of chocolate with it but cheeses can change it um they had like this beautiful charcuterie board um that was with it and then also you know because I do cooking like a bourbon cake that it, it's um the you cook it the cake has bourbon in it but also the glaze does so it's not a child's cake for sure yeah <laughs> It's a boozy cake for sure. Grandma's like, special cake, kid. Yeah, exactly. If everyone wants to get sleep, it'll do that. <laughs> Not that I'm condoning, but right. <laughs> it's right. But yeah, it's like it's amazing. Um, and I left with a cookbook that had this whole bourbon. I was like, I yeah, because and Terry, 
Biggs has always told me, you should write a cookbook about all your bourbon recipes. And I was like, yeah, maybe I will them someday. Now yeah, for sure. Yeah. for sure. That would be fun. I mean, because it you're just hearing you talk, it's uh, um, obviously it would go straight with, you know, great with uh, what you're doing and with your podcast, but yeah. for sure, um, just to show how versatile it is, right? Because it's very versatile. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, so outside of bourbon and um, memoir is there any books that you're reading or that you might recommend outside of that you just absolutely loved recently (laughs) um I haven't unfortunately had a chance to read anything in the last couple of months because I've been because I've been working you know Mm. um on these side projects and I have been um you know and then trying to kind of finish this this gig so the last thing I read really was and I didn't even read it I just listened to Stanley yeah. Tucci's uh, memoir because oh, I yeah. wanted to kind of get a, a gauge of, of what he had going on um I have a couple of books that I need to read <laughs> but um I'm trying to kind of I'm trying to finish this up before yeah. <laughs> I kind of get, I don't know, like sometimes, especially when you're writing, you're being creative, you know, it helps to, I can think, bring in other influences, but I am kind of at the tail end of this and girl, I am, <laughs> I hate writing recipes. It's not easy. I hate writing recipes out and I am like arguing with myself over these last two that I need to put because you have to be so specific and then like I'm I'm a I'm a perfectionist so I'm like okay well what if they don't understand what I'm saying here you know like when I post recipes on Twitter because I don't even do it that often but when I do and people report back, which is very rare. I've had like three or four people DM me, hey, I tried this and it was great. And I'm like, okay, cool. But I get nervous because I don't care. I'm not a I'm not a professional. So it doesn't matter to me if the recipe is right necessarily. Yeah. It's because nothing can ever be right with like it's subjective, but like sure. whether someone's able to follow it and to get their desired result you know, not even what I was intending them to get. And so, you know, I kind of, I go back and forth over whether or not it's clear enough and, and then just writing a recipe out because I don't measure anything when I cook. Girl, I'm the same. I, I am the same. Right? Uh, somebody asked me to recreate a recipe and I'm like, sure. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> exactly. And I don't even really believe in recreating recipes. Like, I've made gumbo probably a dozen times at this point. I don't make it the same way every time. Like, you know, for the most part, it's the same. But like when you get to the point where you're very comfortable with a dish, you Mm -hmm. just kind of go in a certain you just kind of think other something else takes over and then you're like oh I'm gonna add this to it or you know I'm gonna use this shrimp this time or I'm gonna kind of leave out the crab or or I'm gonna use this 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 kind of stock like it's it's never really exactly the same and that's a bit of the um 
to me, that's a bit of the joy of it because I hate monotony. Yeah. So, um, exactly. yeah, <laughs> changing it. Right. <laughs> exactly. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, to get, get with my stubborn self to finish <laughs> writing these last couple of recipes so that I can plug yeah. these things into, you know, into this, uh, this format that I have, this template and and get it out it's going to be a digital digital book and then yeah once i kind of finish that then i think i'll get get to some summer reading good yes yeah <laughs> i did have a couple of uh listeners that have emailed me in um one i really love this question that came from uh cassandra in nevada uh thanks for listening cassandra um if you could share or cook a meal with anyone dead or alive who would you want to cook with? Oh, that is such a difficult I know. Question. I sat there for 10 minutes like, I have no idea. <laughs> you know, oh, there's, so, there's a lot of people that I would want to cook with. I mean, straight up. I mean, I think famous, you know, I always have to go for Julia Childs because Joy. like, she's a riot and like we may not even make a dish because we would be laughing she'd have me laughing and I I I would I would have her laughing you know like we would be two fools in a kitchen and we would have a fall and at the end of the day it's like we didn't even cook anything we just drank you know whatever who cares um but I think if there's anybody like even beyond her it would probably be my nana because Mm -hmm. My Nana passed away when I was like eight. And like, I know that it's gotta be, I know she's looking down on me mm-hmm. and it's gotta be a trip for her to see me <laughs> love cooking <laughs> as much as I do. Actually, there's a, a point in, in, in the memoir where I kind of describe how my mom like saw me making gumbo for the first time. And she was just like, girl, you look just like your Nana when you're cooking. Aww. Like, I can't believe you love cooking this much. And <laughs> it really is kind of like, I've, I can really feel, I can feel them, you know, I can feel my, my Nana and my big Nana and even my sister, you know, when, when I'm, I'm cooking. And so I feel like I didn't have enough time with her out of everybody. And I would just kind of love to be her sous chef and to be in the kitchen with her and, you know, while she made whatever and and, and then tell her, well, this is how I cut the onion. (laughs) It would be cool just to kind of just to to talk to her and, uh, you know, as an adult woman and make a meal with her. So, yeah. Hmm. That's touching him. Maybe clear up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a little glossy over here. Oh, you're there. Here's my grandma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and final question. Um, now that you, you're close to finishing it, you, you'll get it there. I know you will. Um, do you have any tips for those that are just starting out in writing or yeah. things you about change <laughs> yourself? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, um, because I, I actually, I mean, I've never, I've never written a book before. I've never, I'm not a, sh- a professional chef and I never even thought I would ever write a food memoir. Um, but I have been writing since I was like a, a kid. I always used to write poems and short stories and, 
um, especially when I was younger in school, I entered into contests and I wrote poems for like for school and for competition and, and assemblies. I mean, you name it. Um, I was like the poet laureate of my <laughs> grammar school to high school. Um, <laughs> I love it. But, um, <laughs> but, and I've journaled my whole life, but, oh. but to take on something like this, yeah, to get to the nuts and bolts of it, you, you want to figure a few things out. You know, how do you want to present this to the world? Um, you know, do you want it to be digital? Like I said, my, my thing's going to be digital. It'll be like a PDF that people can get immediately. I just want to see how people are going to digest it. I want them to have immediate access to it. But there are other ways to self-publish if that's the route you want to go mm-hmm. that, you know, where people can get a physical copy of what you're doing. So you want to ask yourself that question first and look up resources. There's a lot of resources out there. There's like send out, you know, for if you are creating a link for, um, for your product, then there's, you know, how to construct it. Cause if it's going to be digital, you're going to have to use a, some sort of software where you can build a template, but then if it's not, you know, and you're creating something physical, you're going to need to find kind of a publishing house that allows you to do that preferably a place where you can send in your materials and then they will create a booklet for you um you know um so you want to research that then you want to research you know like I did I looked up not only other food memoirs for reference and and read a few of them but I looked up okay how many recipes are typical for a food memoir how many pages are they um and what are other people doing because mine was digit is digital. It's like, well, what are other folks doing online? You know, and yeah. I saw like on Instagram, people were selling recipes for like two dollars, two to five dollars, right? A pop. So I'm like, okay, so if I if I do a dollar a recipe, that's not a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you have to kind of understand market you want to do that type of research. That's in addition to the create creative aspect you want to kind of understand um you know what what it means to to present you know your work you know professionally even if you're just starting out and like with the internet that there's just there's so many ways to find the resources that you need it's just about making it to where it fits you and then understanding who you're trying to present it to and what they're looking for from you right so you want to get all of that stuff to me I wanted to get all of that out of the way so that once that was settled and I was happy with it then I can move forward to the creative aspect and I would say on that front the advice is right from your heart you know um (laughs) Especially if you're doing a food memoir, you know, I can't give anybody advice on how to do a cookbook, but if it's a memoir, tell your stories, like everybody's stories, you know, you have a point, you have a purpose, you have people out there that are going to connect to it. Somebody is going to, you know, feel the way that you felt about something, right? They're going to find a through line and, and a point to, to, um, to connect with you and with what you're saying so don't worry about that yeah. write from your heart and write write what you know yep. and write for yourself yeah. you know you it's, there's a lot of times when you feel like okay I'm trying to reach a certain audience so I need to say a certain thing and it's like nah like just just write like you're like you're journaling and write 
write the way you would want to read it. Maybe sometimes the way your childhood self would want to read, you know, that book, you know, where you're back before you cared about how people really thought, you know, of you um, and kind of try to channel that and, um, and take your time with it. Like, there's a part of me, like I said earlier, that feels guilty that I couldn't, you know, do this quicker. But at the same time, like, it's taking the time that it needs to take because I wrote a lot of these chapters, you know, just, just raw at first. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of days later, I revisited them and I edited for grammar, but I also edited for content. Like, oh, I actually want to say something deeper here, or I want to omit this. And I actually want to change the story around completely. And I feel like you want to give yourself a couple of goals, a couple of rounds of that with each, with each chapter that you write. Um, because you want to allow space for it to live. And, you know, you don't want to do it too much because, you know, you create (laughs) anything. Like, you know, you get to the point with creativity where you will be editing forever if you do that (laughs) because you're never going to be fully happy. Like, you know, the minute that you create something and you release it to the world, it's like, oh my God, I wish I could have done this differently. And you'll go back and visit it like a month later and you're like, oh, I wish I could have added. But you have to make peace with where you are creatively at that point <laughs> yep. and say this is my baby and I'm releasing it now and yeah. you know and let it go but you do want a couple of you want to give yourself time to let the material sit with you so that no matter what you can always look back and be proud and say yeah that's fully where I was and I really gave it kind of my all the full yeah. presence of myself and then you know just make space for yourself block out social media and other distractions (laughs) so that you can get to the heart of what what it is that you're trying to say and that it's so simple to to say that but there are a lot of distractions in life man and like (laughs) you have to like actively check out from them Um, and so I think you know that's that's the main thing that I would say that's the main thing I learned on this journey and I feel like getting back to kind of that creative part of myself has been uh, it's been a blessing and I'm I'm happy to kind of have had this experience I'm gonna be proud no matter what (laughs) I'm gonna be proud no matter what happens um and I can't wait to finish these last little recipes girl (laughs) (laughs) I I can't wait to read it like I I really have been like I've loved your food posts that you've always done over the last couple years and to find out that you haven't you know been that into cooking just like y'all if you ever find find Renee online find her pictures holy crap they're gorgeous I found myself up in my game when I'm playing I was like well, this needs to change this needs to change. <laughs> you know what I love to hear that because that that type of creative competition that's healthy and it to uh, me it's you know the presentation is a whole nother part and I didn't even know it does you eat with your eyes and then you can impress people you know and it's like yeah I'm I'm, I'm doing it you know but um but I feel like that's a whole nother aspect and so Mm -hmm. and I didn't even under I didn't know I had a knack for that until I started (laughs) 
presenting online and it was mostly me just like how can I present this the best I'm in this apartment where I get really great sun you know and yeah. I'm like, I take advantage <laughs> of that and people are like you are not taking these pictures on your iPhone yes I am yeah. actually yeah. <laughs> I actually am I do not have a, a camera <laughs> um, but but that presentation is a big deal because my you know my food my food you know according to me it tastes good but it's it's also how you're presenting it and I feel like I have again it's another creative aspect and I have really enjoyed um kind of pouring myself into that and going like yeah I can okay we can we can make this a thing like sure it's gumbo or sure it's this and it's not normally pretty but let's just kind of make it pretty who cares you know and share it and that's a part again of the joy and the fun of cooking for yourself and um and it as it turns out yeah, while I'm cooking for myself and was posting these pictures, you know, I wasn't just cooking for myself, like by sharing it with other people, you know, they weren't just excited because I was making pretty food. They were like, yeah, you know what? I, I can burn too. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. um, post my pictures. And I had a lot of people where I'm like, please post your food. Like yeah. it doesn't matter if it's, if it doesn't look how my, if it, that doesn't matter. Matter how matters how it tastes. Yeah. And let's just share because sharing is the whole point anyway. Like this is just fun. And so, um, I'm excited. I mean, I was partially nervous because there's a few people that are like, I can't wait for your book to come out. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> manage your expectations. <laughs> I don't want it to be, I don't want folks to be disappointed, but I don't think it will be. I feel like for you all who know me, you know, you'll enjoy my recipes. And I do think that, um, I mean, at the very least, I hope that folks will enjoy just kind of getting to know a little bit more about me personally so yeah fingers crossed yes (laughs) definitely your voice is one of my favorites out there that's that's what I know I know it's gonna be good to hear even going deeper with you and this this seriously you're welcome back anytime for one um talk about anything yeah this was an absolute blast I really appreciate it is there um a way people can find you or how this memoir I know you said you're going to post it digitally yeah I'm going to post it probably in about a week I'm just going to put it on put it on the timeline with the link and um of course folks can find me on twitter at at petty lapone yeah. <laughs> <name> always have <laughs> at petty lapone yeah it's so funny I um, <laughs> I love my handle but I'm just like am I ever going to part with this handle like I would love to start completely over um, but I can't part with Teddy LaFone she's Not a part of my <laughs> <laughs> um, but um but yeah I mean that's where folks can find me to connect yeah. and just thank you so much you know yeah. Kate you're um I love I have loved your food pics online as well you know you share and we're part of like a huge kind of foodie community I feel like you know uh, on Twitter we have a really good time while we're fighting for for politics as well um and so it's nice to have that you know to have those two worlds and and to be able to go hard for politics but to to really be able to have fun you know with our cooking and and kind of dish on each other so um so thank you and thank you again for having me it's it's been so much fun to just talk about this um 
So I really appreciate you giving yeah, me space to lay this out. <laughs> this is going to give me over the finish line. <laughs> good, good. So I owe you a big, I, I owe you like the best meal ever when we finally meet in person. <laughs> I look forward to that day. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, girl.